Ciao, everyone. Welcome back to Calcio is Back, the podcast about soccer in our nation of Italy. Uh, I'm very excited to be back on the pod tonight. It's Ryan here. Uh, we took a week off with the international break. There were some major ramifications for the Italian national team over the break. So we decided to take a week off and then recap the last week of Serie A, the Italian national team, and what's going to go forward in this next kind of jump. Uh, this current run that's going to be from October 21st until the end of November, until the next international break. But uh, some crushing lows for Italy, some highest of highs for some of the teams in Syria. And I think this is going to be a really good podcast. We have a ton to talk about. Uh, Jake, how you doing tonight, buddy? Yeah, obviously a lot to talk about. Uh, a lot has been happening in Syria. Um, the Italian national team outside just playing games that we'll obviously get into. It's it's been it's been crazy, obviously, as we'll get into. And we got a fun week coming up, and we'll uh, it's gonna be great to talk about all of it. Yeah, so we're gonna start with the kind of elephant in the room story that affect it affects pretty much every other element of the podcast we're doing tonight. But um, we're gonna start with the Italian gambling scandal. So, you know, if you've been following calcio and Italian soccer for a long time, you know that there is a dark history with betting, which uh, goes back to the Juventus scandal of two thousand and five, and a lot of modern day series shaped by you know gambling unfortunately unfortunately um juventus had to regress and then reset because of it uh but nicolo uh, nicolo fagioli was charged with gambling or violations since our last podcast um so this was a major story he was you know the 2022-2023 Serie A young player of the year one of the best young midfielders in the country playing for italy um really talented player he's admitted he has a gambling problem and will now face a seven-month ban and five months of community service he did not bet on juventus games um unlike some other people in the soccer world that have been gambling recently um you know, he didn't bet on his own game, so they took it lightly. But, you know, seven months, that's the rest of the season. No Fagioli, uh, Juventus will have to decide how to move forward with him. One thing that was interesting was today I was reading um, James Horncastle's work on The Athletic, and he wrote about the deposition. Um, so one interesting thing is Fagioli outed Tonali in his deposition, said Tonali was also involved with gambling. And this is going to lead us to the second half of the story. But, Jake, I'll pause here. I know you're, you've are you always been big on Fagioli. Uh, what are your thoughts on the matter? Yeah, I mean, it's just unfortunate. And it was kind of the start to a lot of different news to come out. I believe the rumor is that he's going to be out, is it nine months? Yeah, it's, it's going to be seven-month ban, but next season's nine months away. Yeah, so he's out for the season, obviously. Wasn't having a great season as it is, but, um, I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a rat. I mean, he, he absolutely unveiled um, everything that Tonali did, and we'll get into that. Uh, but, yeah, complete snitch. Um, but, yeah, nine months. He's obviously going to be out for the year, um, so he'll be back when he's 23. I mean, obviously, Juventus fans had very high hopes for him. I had very high hopes for him. And it's going to end up being a disappointing year because of what he did, you know, in the six games that he played. And, you know, this news, obviously, I don't think he'll be a part of the national team for, you know, a while now, um, maybe next year. But, you know, that's that's not going to look good for him either. So it's uh, definitely a rough uh, situation for them and a tough year for him. 
Yeah, he was able to receive his first cap for Italy last November. And again, he's one of the shining stars in the country. There were very high hopes for the kid. I liked his game. Um, you know, he was a precarista. He, he's a good player for Juve. Allegri sung his praises um, for the longest of times. And, you know, it was validated. He was the young player of the year last year. Not Maybe not like the best goal scorer at the Serie A level. I know he did score some goals in Serie B when he was out on loan the year before. But very talented young player. The Athletic put out a really good piece by James Horncastle today talking about how he's kind of dealt with not mental health issues, I would say, or I guess I would be concerned mental health issues. But he's had this gambling problem since he was like 18. He blames a lot of the influence of the people on the Italian national team, which we'll get into now. So Italy had, you know, two of the biggest games of this qualification cycle for the Euros. And Jake will get into it later in the pod, what this means for Italy going forward. But, um, you know, when they landed in Italy for the first time in a while, two Italian national team players who have not been in country for several months now as they've been playing in England, uh, Sandro Tonali and Nicola Zaniolo, they landed their plane. Gianluigi Buffon got them right off the plane, took them into a locked room where they were questioned and deposed, or not deposed. I wouldn't say that's the appropriate way to frame it. But um, they were questioned about their gambling history. Both of them were found to have used illegal betting sites. Um, right now, they're in the discovery process. They um, Both players have admitted to gambling. Zaniolo has been a lot more quiet on it. Tonali has cited a mental health issue and is saying that he's working to get kind of right with everything in his life but they were both using illegal betting sites to bet on the sport of soccer so you know it's very unfortunate at the moment there has been no track of them betting on their own games which is good and this can lead to a similar situation to Fagioli but the Italian FA does not cover you know the Premier League and it would be on the Premier League to sanction both players accordingly um you know Zaniolo he just got there I don't know if the Premier League would have much on it like they both have played like you know eight games seven games total in the Premier League if they can clear their names and say they're not going to do it again they probably will get out scot free for this but both players kind of let Italy down right before the biggest games of the qualification cycle. Um, as someone who's not Italian personally, I didn't take it that hard. But as an Italy fan, I can understand being absolutely devastated by this news. Uh, Jake, I'll pass it back over to you to give the Italian fans the standpoint of that. Yeah, obviously so disappointing. Would have loved to have um, Zaniolo and um, especially Tenali as well uh, for the two games that we'll get into. I've seen a lot of people talk about this aspect. Did Milan know about this? And that's why they sold him. It's a very, I don't, you know, it's obviously they sold him, what, in July, and now it's October, everything's unraveling. It's about five months, but maybe they knew, and that's why they sold him. And Newcastle spent a lot of money on this guy, and he might not be able to play for a long, long time. And he's in his prime right now. By the time he's back, you know, who knows? And Zaniolo, who... Had really good momentum as of late. Was playing well for Villa. Was playing well for the national team. And now now he might be out for a while as well. But doesn't impact Serie A, obviously. But for the Italian national team, obviously, so disappointing. Uh, I thought Zaniola was um, great uh, the break before this. I was excited to see him play this weekend. How did I say it like that? Weekend. Um, and so now he's obviously one of our most talented midfielders. So. Uh, we're we're pretty good in midfield, so you know, as good as Tonali is, that's not very good blow, but you know, Zaniolo is, you know, obviously tough and we'll see how long they're out. You know, there's some rumors of two years, which which would be absolutely crazy. Um day by day, more and more stuff is coming out. 
Uh, there were some rumors of other guys that have been shot down. Um, and when we talk about Roma, we'll get into that because two players from Roma have been accused, um, falsely accused, I believe. But yeah, it's, it's just, it's, whoops, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, absolutely. No, it has been very crazy. I mean, this week in general has just been absolutely insane. Um, you know, I, I hope this is able to end well with Tonali. I feel like Milan dodged a major bullet here, where if they had started the season with Tonali, they might be in a position where they have to sell him in January. Uh, one interesting thing to note is Fejoli is going to be able to play with Juventus and practice with the team going forward. Um, so if they want to sell him to another country in January, they technically can. Um, I think that is interesting to note. I don't think it'll happen, but hey, if a Premier League team is, you know, fighting for relegation, there's a fresh 22-year-old stallion Juventus can loan out to them while he's serving his band with the Italian FA. Um, Juventus is really trying to keep their hands clean, and it's going to transition us to the next story, but Juventus seems to be disappointed fashionably. Um, I don't know how Newcastle and Aston Villa are going to handle the situation. Newcastle just, you know, Tonali is the biggest transfer in club history, like the most expensive transfer um they're gonna do right by him i think um and just try to get this through to the other side and use their power and influence with you know kind of the the saudi money behind it um the whole kind of thing going on in newcastle and they're gonna try to put their power and influence behind it and get you know him back playing games as soon as possible whereas nicola zaniolo is a newcomer in country he's playing for a villa team that's pretty hot right now um i think he's going to get out of it. He was in Turkey a lot of last season, so I don't know if they're going to slam the hammer down on Zaniolo. But it's a total bummer for the Italian national team, and these bands are going to be bad. Hopefully they're back for World Cup qualifying. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a total bummer because I love these two guys. Uh, Zaniolo's grown back on me in recent months after me being totally out on him, and uh, sad. Sucks. It's a real bummer. But um, you know, we'll po- we'll keep you guys posted on this. We'll give an update next week as it comes. Um, we'll probably get swift uh, punishment for the two players in the Premier League, and the Fabioli case will develop, and maybe it's a locker room wide thing, and maybe more people get drawn in. But at the moment, it just looks like the three players are going to be affected. So next up, we got the Paul Pogba update. We meant to give this last podcast, but, you know, a little bit more came out. So it's probably good that we didn't give it last uh, pod. But um, you might remember on, I think, episode eight, we discussed Paul Pogba um, had failed a doping test and would be out long term for Juventus. So this was the Pogba back. He had a great game against Udinese. They pulled him off the field after the game, gave him a drug test. He peed in the cup. It came back that he was doping. Uh, his camp severely fought it. And then, you know, they tested him again. He was doping so paul pogba has failed his uh doping test no more appeals uh he's banned indefinitely from syria and it, it will be on juventus to decide whether they want to release him from his contract or see when they can get him back on the field um juventus has said that they're going to let themselves do a dil- due diligence process and should have a result soon but at the moment it looks like paul pogba's career in syria might be over jake any final thoughts on pogba before we get like a resolution here yeah i mean we kind of said all we had to say last time we talked about it uh in short uh his career is pretty much over um that's pretty much it it's sad it sucks um he is not pogged back, and that's all you can really say. Uh, we kind of broke it down more when it was coming out, and now there's bigger stuff to talk about, so I haven't really put my mind to it a whole lot. 
No, absolutely. I mean, the player he was at 21 with Juventus, it's just sad that the player he's going to go out at like 29 or 30 now, um, you know, is never really going to hit that height that he showed when he was younger. And uh, it's a bummer. It's a bummer. It's going to hurt Juventus. They just lost two of their biggest midfield pieces uh, to things that, you know, I'll blame Juventus for a lot of things, but um, these two incidences weren't their fault. Uh, Jake, what's the Juventus fan TV quote you always say? Um, another day at Juventus. It's a ne- it's never a normal day at Juventus Football Club, and it's very true. I mean, we said that last episode, and then Fagioli stuff came out, so it it really is very true. Milan fans are starting to say it too. Um, I don't think it's as bad there, but there's a there's a lot going on there too. Yeah, no, it, it makes sense. It's it's crazy. I mean, we'll see we'll see where the stories go, but let's hop right back into the last match week. So we're gonna take you guys back about a week and a half now to the weekend of the October. I believe it was the the sixth, seventh, and eighth uh, was the last match week within Syria. So about a week and a half ago at this point, but there were some major matches, some big stories. It was a great weekend. It was the first weekend since I had my move out to uh, my new home that um, I was able to sit back and watch the games all weekend, and I absolutely loved it this weekend. I think Saturday's going to be very similar, where I'm just going to be watching Calcio all day, uh, tapping in and watching our boys. So it's fun. I mean, the storylines are flowing, and let's go into the big story of the weekend, my favorite game of the weekend. I might say this is my favorite game of the season so far, but Fiorentina 3, Napoli 1, Sunday night in Italy, the last game of the weekend, and Vincenzo's Italiano, Fior- Vincenzo Italiano's Fiorentina was able to overcome the defending champions in Napoli. Uh, this game felt like it was an absolutely wonderful game. You know, Napoli was able to tie the... Uh, so the game started, Breklo scored a goal in the seventh minute. Osimhen scored a late pen on the last touch of the half. A uh, guy we hype up a lot on the podcast, uh, Parise, was, uh, you know, he had a ball in the box, Fabiano Parise did, and he had a ball in the box that he could have easily cleared. He decided not to clear it. Uh, the goalie on Fiorentina came out, had to take out Osimhen's legs. Osimhen converted the pen, and it looked like, you know, this is the point where Napoli gets their momentum back. They score some more goals in the second half. Uh, I was questioning in my head if Parise was going to be, you know, a regular with Italy, if that was a mistake was something game-changing. But no, Fiorentina came back and dominated the second half, looked absolutely wonderful, and they looked incredible. Bonaventura scored a world-class goal in the 63rd, and Nicolas Gonzalez scored in the or the 93rd as well. Um, and Prize was, you know, by most pundits, the man of the match. He came right back from that mistake, and he put in an all-world performance. So, you know, Bonaventura, I can't sing this guy's praises enough. I watched him at Milan for so long, and I was always like, okay, no, he's really good, but, like, he's more of a mid-table player. Now that he's at Fiorentina, he's one of the best players in the league, and at the moment, he's probably on my, like, half season or my quarter of the season at this point, team of the season, uh, which maybe we could do next episode. But, you know, Bonaventure was great. Vincenzo tactically had Rudy Garcia in hell, and so many questions about Napoli. Cavara off the score sheet again, uh, even though he wasn't terrible. Also, men scored, but, you know, it wasn't enough it was it was a pen it wasn't a world-class effort and Rudy Garcia looks like he's on the outskirts there and um, they're not getting the goals like last year and the team looks kind of cooked so it was an absolutely wonderful game my game of the season thus far Fiorentina 3 Napoli 1 Jake any thoughts any takes on this one yeah I mean a lot of thoughts um the two fullbacks were incredible um Fabian Parisi and um Michael Coyote who we've talked about a lot I believe he just extended his contract as well or it's pretty close. He's going to be a Fiorentina for a while. 
I think these guys should be the fullbacks every game. They've shown what they could do when they're the fullbacks. Uh, I thought uh, Lucas Quarta was great as well at the back. The midfield was awesome. And Bonaventura is is world-class. Even Gonzalez wasn't even starting in this game. You can argue that he's one of their best players. He only played 20 minutes in this game, and he still scored. He's uh, He really is unbelievable. This is such a fun team to watch. Um, again, if I wasn't a Roma fan, I would absolutely be an Adel out there Fiorentina fan because, you know, it, Napoli's bad. Uh, there's a lot of Rudy Garcia sack talk, which we'll get into, but rough game for Merritt, really rough. He didn't make one he, – he made zero saves in this game. Um, Kvitra was off the score sheet again. He only scored because there was a penalty. Uh, it, it was just rough. And now they're in um, – Napoli's in fifth now. Fiorentina's in fourth. Um, we haven't even talked about how Osman's out for for four weeks. Uh, it was announced the other day. He's out for four weeks now. So Raspadori will probably get some game time. He's going to have to step up because uh, now it gets a little dicey. Um, and again, like we've said, there's a little, right now there's friction with between Napoli and Rudy Garcia and Napoli and Victor Osman. And there's, there's a lot going on at this football club at the moment. Uh, for a team that was honestly perfect last year, um, perfect team and now they're just, you know, very, very mid. Um, I don't know how I didn't see this coming. They didn't really – they really didn't have a good summer. They didn't upgrade where they needed to upgrade, and you're kind of seeing it now. No, good points, Jake. I mean, I strongly agree with that. I didn't even get into those men of the whole thing. But, you know, the talk – like, it, it's incredible. Vincenzo had the Napoli job offered to him in the summer, but – he wanted to see his project at Fiorentina all the way through, and this is the strongest iteration. It's the weirdest iteration, too, because you got you got guys like Arthur Mello in the midfield, um, and it's working out for Vincenzo. But he turned down the Napoli job in the summer, and he beat the guy that they got you know, when they couldn't get Vincenzo. But Vincenzo ball remains like absolutely beautiful, and it's, it's a lot of fun to watch. Um, very happy for him. I don't know what the rest of the season will hold. We're going to do a mid-season update to our top six in a little bit but you know i i don't know what the rest of the season is going to hold for our buddy vincenzo here but what a start to the season for fiorentina and that's absolutely awesome so that was the last game of the weekend now we'll go more into the kind of earlier games um this was at you know it wasn't the most exciting game but it was really funny um and there's a lot of narratives to talk about here but milan won genoa zero i watched all of this game i had it on a laptop while i was playing fifa so i wasn't watching it like super intently but uh pulisic gets the goal you know he's absolutely he's back on form he looks like the player he was a couple years back when he was at Borussia Dortmund I feel bad for ever doubting the guy because he's been absolutely class recently and I'm happy for Pooley like he's he's all the way back I went to see the United States national team um, men's national team in Connecticut and um, you know he scored a goal there too he's absolutely awesome Go Pulisic go. Um, so this game on Saturday afternoon, but the ending of this game was absolutely crazy. Both goalies get sighted off. Magnon gets sent off at the death, and they put Olivier Giroud in goal where he stays for eight minutes and closes out the clean sheet. So one of the greatest goal scorers of our generation, Olivier Giroud, finishes the game with his first career clean sheet, and it was absolutely hilarious as Milan walked out with the 1-0. Jake, anything on this one? It feels like so long ago this whole game happened because I remember watching it at my friend's house. Um, we weren't watching it, and then, you know, Pulisic scored, so we just turned it on to watch the replay. And then, obviously, my non got the red card, and Sportiello was hurt, I think, or Sportiello got hurt, whatever it was, and then Giroud, 
I was in net, and he made some pretty pretty good saves. Um, so you know, full power to him, and uh, I mean that was that was crazy, and uh, a much needed win for them. Um, top of the table right now. Just a hilarious, hilarious game. Yunus Musso is also very good in this game. Yeah, yeah I was going to say um, that as well. Good for him. For America, yeah, no, it's it's awesome. This is it's fun, you know. I mean, Milan's back on top of the table. This team's very fun. I personally wrote them off a couple of weeks back after losing to Inter, but they're right back where they started from. They're in the pole position as we hit this next stretch of the season, and um, they've earned it. This, this team's awesome. They're a lot of fun, good vibes. I hope they keep the momentum going here. No, I'll say this: Luka Jovic needs to be done. He he's not a good footballer at all. No, Wait. the front three they started the game with, Okafor, Jovic, and Shukwese just didn't connect at all. I love the other two. And I think they've been good this year, but I mean, Jovic is just, he's not not a good footballer. He's just not. Yeah, and the Milan East three have been hyping up uh, Adley, the center midfielder from France that started this game. Um, he's one to watch. You know, I haven't really watched too many of his games, but they're really high on this guy. Apparently, his underlines are incredible. And that yeah. Musa Adley, Reinier's midfield might be the way to go the rest of the season. Reindeer. It's, uh, JFTV called him Reindeer today. I might have to go with that. <laughs> his, his name is pretty pretty tough. But yeah, he's oh, yeah, awesome. we'll, we'll get there. Uh, Juventus Fan TV is going to have a lot of heat with Milan this weekend. It's going to be fun. Uh, oh, my God. Um, just to throw it out there, we, we won't go into it till the Roma roundup. Uh, Roma 4, Cagliari 1. Big win for Roma. Two goals for Lukaku. Um, you know, one goal for Alcuar, one goal for Belotti. Pretty good game. I, w- I was very happy with this one. We'll get into it with the Roma wrap-up, but just before we do our player of the week, I don't want to just blindside everyone with who I'm picking. Uh, but, yeah, so next up on my list, uh, and Jake, sorry about that. I'm just going to save that for the end of the pod. Uh, Juve yeah. 2, Torino 0. Uh, my notes on this one from watching it, um, I watched it at the gym. Juventus is a bit boring. You know, no Kies or Vlahovic, no party. This is a very boring 2-0 win. It's never really fun when Milik scores, but he scored, and I think Gatti got the other one. They played deep at the back. Um, you know, obviously no Fagioli, but that was, you know, they started Moise Keane. I really don't think he's built for this. He's he's not too good. But <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> sorry, I have to push it down. They moved McKinney back to the midfield. He had an average game. Uh, maybe right back to his best position, but we'll we'll see where it goes. And Juve with a solid win to finish this quarter season. Um, I guess it would be considered quarter season, or yeah, quarter season in the top three. So that's where the Juventus finished out with. I think they're five points back of first. Let me double check that. Um, yeah, seventeen points, yeah. four points back of first. This game hurt me because uh, Munkovic Savage did make a pretty bad error that led to a goal. Um, but way way a bounce back. It was way McKinney in the midfield. McKinney was kind of playing more centrally, didn't really play well, and way was pretty good. Uh, bounce back spot for him. Moise Keane's an atrocious footballer. I'll get, I will get more into that uh, when we talk about Italy because he was atrocious for Italy. Um, so it just fuels the hate. The back three for Juventus so good. Um, Bremer, Danilo, and Gatti, who scored in this game, just incredible. Um, on that, like you said, pretty boring. Juventus have been very good. You're now 19-1 with four draws against Torino, so they're pretty good against them. I thought they'd have a little trouble, but no. Uh, Juventus takes care of business, and like you said, four, four points off first. 
Yeah, I hate to see the teams I don't like win. And we're going to go right into another one here as Lazio beats Atalanta 3-2. to two. Uh, This one was a bummer. I mean, I woke up to this game being on uh, Jake's boy, CDK, uh, Di Catalore. He, he scored an own goal right off the bat. And I was like, ah, oh, no, no party to this one. But um, Tati Castellano's got a goal on the second goal of the game. And I was like, I don't really think I need to watch this. I threw it on his background. And then Atalanta rallied all the way back. I mean, you know, Gasparini's men showed a lot of fight. They're still a very fun team. And they were able to scratch and claw their way back into it. The forward line of CDK and Skamaka hasn't been effective yet. Let's see what they come back into this side of the season yet with uh, this side of the season, like this kind of return to play with, because I still have very high hopes for the two of them. But, you know, they put in a pretty good effort. Um, they came back, tied the game 2-2, and then Castellanos assist to Vecchino to win the game. Um, you know, Rovella was really good for Lazio in this one. I don't want to say too many nice things about Lazio, but they are back in the mid-table solidly, and uh, looks like they won't get relegated, and that's a bummer because Atalanta could have done something cool here. Yeah, Tati was great. I genuinely think, and that's two straight starts for him now, and the mobile is perfectly healthy. Uh, they might be transitioning to him starting, and they should. You know, he's looked pretty good for them. Uh, really back and forth game. I thought Ravella played well. Um, you know, the the kids for uh, I don't have to struggle. Skamaka and CDK were bad. Um, you know, I thought Ruggieri was good. Uh, but I'm not really back and forth. Sorry, got a red card. Uh, I guess he's not getting sacked. Um, he sticks around for now. Lazio goes up to um, 13th place. Um, Atalanta drops to 6th. Um, four wins, one draw, three losses. Um, yeah, that's all I really have to say. I really wanted them to win this game and then uh, obviously the late dagger. And uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm a little bummed out that Juventus is finishing this stretch in third, but we'll talk about the top half of the <laughs> table a little bit. I thought Atalanta could have came for it. Technically, Napoli could have got it if they beat Fiorentina, but I'm more happy with Fiorentina winning than anything else. But, um, you know, Inter um, next up, final game. This was actually one of the first games of the weekend, but it's going last year just for kind of storytelling sake. But Inter 2, Bologna 2. Another draw for Inter. Their past five games haven't really been their strongest since they were able to run Milano of the building um you know they went up early at Derby got a goal and martinez got a goal in the first uh, 20 minutes of the game but then they conceded a penalty to bologna as orsellini put one in the net and then xerxy got a goal in the second half and it ended 2-2 um you know they have some marcus thurman continues to be excellent this is a very good inter team i don't want to take too much away from them you know, Jan Sommer isn't the best goalie in the world, and they still do have flaws in their roster. Like, in the midfield, it started off really well between Mikatari and Chitangalu, but it hasn't been great yet. If there has ever been a time for David Fratesi to play, it's now. Like, it's time to integrate this guy in the squad if you want to win the league. Um, you know, both center backs, Benji Pavard, he's been battling really good. He had a brace for France the other day, and he's been really good with Inter thus far. But, you know, nothing really putting them over the top. And at the end of the day, they, they can beat Milan twice this season and win on goal differential. But 
as if they're going to keep dropping points to the lower table teams, they're not going to be able to win Scudetto this year, even if they are better than it in Milan. So I thought that was funny how at the end of the week, we take two mid-table teams and put them against the Milan clubs. Uh, Milan wins an all-timer, a crazy game where they have to put a striker in net, while Inter can't tuck the game away against a pretty mid-Bologna team. But that that's kind of my thoughts on it. Inter goes into second as we enter this part of the schedule. Uh, Jake, what do you have on this one? Yeah, I mean, like you said, um, same problem last year, uh, just dropping points against the you know, mid-level teams. Um, Tiago Motz is a great manager. Uh, I see him getting a lot of respect. I see him some shouts that Roman wants him. Uh, we'll have to see about that when that comes, obviously. But, um, yeah, um, Cadrado actually played a half this game. I kind of, I completely forgot they got him. Uh, he played in the second half today. Um, Patessi only getting 15 minutes. That's a bit of a disgrace. He really should be starting. Um, Bastoni struggled. Don Summers and a good keeper. And that's about it. Right now they're in second. Uh, who knows where they would be if Latar Martinez didn't exist. Uh, Terrell's been really good. He's been a wonder to watch. Um, two goals and five assists for him. That, that's, that's pretty good. Really good sight. It was, it was a free transfer. Um, which is unreal. So they'll bounce back. We'll talk about it more when we break down next week's games. Uh, but yeah, I mean, good good for Bologna. I, I think Tiago Motz is a really good manager, um, and I'm excited to see what they do the rest of the year. Yeah, I agree on that. I mean, as we look at the gold scorers here going into the break, Lotaro's first with 10, and then Osimhen with six, and Gonzalez with five. Um, you know, that transfer they were able to make for. Um, for Marcus Thurman to get that guy on a free has been absolutely wonderful as he has seven GA this year. So it's, it's interesting. Inter have a really good offense and a really good defense. I don't know what isn't clicking for them yet. Um, just kind of a bummer, but that they're going to have to finish this really strong point of their schedule with just one loss and be second in the league. Uh, but that's kind of the way things work. Even if they were able to beat the best team in the league right now, they just weren't able to capitalize on two pretty bad teams as they lost to Sassuolo. And even Ivory Mota as a manager, but still 2-2 against Bologna in a game they should have won being up early. But that's it on the games for the week. We'll get into Roman a little bit. Uh, players of the week. Jake, who was your Serie A player of the week last week? I'm going to go with Kaku. I mean, he, he has been incredible since joining Roma. Got a brace in this game. We'll break it down a little more. But, yeah, great, great, great game for him. Yeah, I'll go. I was going to go Bonaventura initially, but then I remember the wrong performance and I just can't stop smiling when I think of Lukaku. Um, you know, friend of the program, Romelu Lukaku. Honorary, first friend of this uh, Calcio's back program. But uh, very happy about that. And he's my player of the week as well. So that's consensus. American of the week. I think it's simple. You give it to Pulisic. Jake, any takes on that one? No, definitely not. Yeah, Pulisic. <laughs> and then the team of the week. So what team impressed you the most the past week? I mean, it'd be criminal to not say Fiorentina. Strong agree there. So we have a perfect alignment there where our player of the week is Romelu Lukaku, our American of the week is Kristen Pulisic, and our team of the week is Fiorentina. So that's perfect. Um, right before we go into Italy here, we're going to take this chance as we are now 
how many games? Eight games into the season. Um, you know, we are a quarter of the way through the year as we finish up this international break. Here's a chance where we can revise our top six on the final program of the preseason uh, where we gave our predictions. Both me and you and Jake had AC Milan winning the league. At this moment, who do you have winning the league? I still have Inter. I just feel like they're too good to, you know, not win the league. So I'm, I'm sticking with them. Makes sense. I have the vibes from AC Milan, and I don't know if I bet on I Like, I did bet on them, and I don't know if that's blinding me. But I feel good about AC Milan. I feel like this might be a team of destiny, and we'll see where it rolls. I have them in first. Uh, Jake will go with Inter at top. Um, and then I guess it's just the inverse for second there, or do you have anyone else at second? Uh, I do have AC in, uh, in second. Makes sense. I've got uh, Inter in second. So, you know, I think it's going to be close to the end. And I think, you know, maybe AC Milan will be able to win the next derby. Um, but we'll see. They, they've spent a lot of money. Uh, who do you have in <laughs> third? Uh, you know, I'm, oh, man, this is crazy. No, I'll, I'll do Juventus. Uh, you know, I just think not playing games other than Serie A is going to help them out uh, in the future. So I'll go them. I was going to I was going to go one team, but no, I don't No, I'm not going to go. I yeah, I'm gonna go Fiorentina in third. Yeah, at the you, moment. you did it. Yeah, I did it. I'll take Fiorentina in third. Um, I don't know if it's gonna happen and they could fall off, but they're managing conference league very well this year when Juventus has shown that even if they're not gonna play in Europe, they're still gonna drop a stinker every now and then. So I, I you know, it's it's funny, but that's kind of the way the cookie crumbles. I'm gonna say Fiorentina rides the momentum. Do I really think they will? I doubt it. But you know, at the moment the vibes are good. And when we have our halfway assessment, if they're still in third, I'll look like a genius. But um go Fiorentina, go Vincenzo, or and if they're still in the top four, I'll feel like a genius. Um they don't have to be in third, they could be in fourth. But go Vincenzo, go go Fiorentina. I really like the squad. Uh Jake, who's your fourth place team? Yeah, I'll put Fiorentina in fourth. I don't see them slowing down. I think they have the manager to tactically push them to fourth. Time to get crazy on my end because I have Roma in fourth place. (laughs) Oh, no. At the moment, Roma are six points off fourth. I think that a lot of teams are going to drop points. I think Napoli is in a total state of disarray without Osimhen. I think Atalanta is a very good squad. I think Roma have a better squad than them. And I think Rome was going to be able to capitalize a little bit and make up some ground while the other top six teams play against each other. And I think this is a good opportunity for Roma, who have a plus seven goal differential. That's a better goal differential than anyone in the country besides AC Milan, Juventus, and Napoli all have plus eight goal differentials, and Inter has a plus 16. I think you can feel pretty good about Roma getting into the top six. I'm just going to take them all the way here at four. Yeah, I mean the goal differential is good, but you know it. They don't. I mean they obviously won four one and seven nothing, so it's a little skewed there. But hey, I'm not, I'm not gonna yell at you. Like you know, that's a <laughs> I'm all for it. Yeah, it's a homer pack. And then fifth place, I'm gonna go with Napoli. Um, you know, I think I think that eventually they'll bring in a Conti, um, or maybe someone else to coach the team, um. But, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. I think they have to bring in a new coach within the next two or three weeks. Oh, yeah. And then they'll have a ton of time. I think it's going to be Conte, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, he said he's not really ready yet. But, like, if they give him the money, I mean, he's not going to say no. Um, fifth, I'm going Atalanta. Um, I love this team. And that's all I really have to say. 
No, they're really fun. I again, I my heart wanted me to put them in six. Like I'm at the point with Juventus where I'm just like, go away. No one wants you here. Like there's three, there are two between Fiorentina and Atalanta, two really fun teams, and my team, Roma, and then the two Milans are very fun, and then Napoli have fun players, and then Juventus. You know, if it isn't a Chiesa goal or a Vlahovic goal, I'm just like, go away. I don't want you around. But I'm gonna put them in six, um, disrespectfully. You know, let's let's see how their midfield holds up without two of their big pieces. Um, if they'll be able to play the schedule, um, they have a big game this weekend. We'll see what they're made of. But I'm still not high on Juventus. I'm still not high on Allegri, and I think it's gonna come crashing down on them sooner or later. And I'll put Roma in six. This team's too good not to be six. So you have Napoli falling down to seventh. I do. That makes sense. No, I'd, I'd take that. I, I thought about it. I just had them in four or fifth because kind of respect for the champs, but I could see Oshman leaving in January or Kavara leaving in January and something happening, but they need to make a coaching change as soon as possible because I've done this with Rudy Garcia at Roma. He's not a great coach. He's not going to be able to do anything. When um, he was coached at Roma, we were third going into the Christmas break. And then we finished in, like, 12th. So, like, he, he could get hot, but for the most part, once he loses the room, they're really gone. Um, That was the 29th, or no, that was the 21-22 season, so that was really bad. Um, But anyway, uh, Jake, I'll let you cook here. I mean, bad, bad week for the Italian national team. You could get into it here. Yeah, so obviously, you know, um, Kiesa was hurt. Um, Zanyol and Tanali was out. Uh, there's a few other guys hurt, but they started off against um, Malta, one four nil in the most uninspiring game I've ever seen. Um, first half, they they really did get dominated. If Malta had a sliver of skill, the game could have been a lot different. Um, the XG was one point one three to point eleven. They scored four goals and then one point thirteen GA. Not great. Um, you know, I'll take the three points, obviously. Uh, the lineup was Donnarumma. Really thought they would give Vicario this game. Don't know why they didn't, but whatever. Clean sheet for Donnarumma. Back four was Darmian, Mancini, Bistonia, DeMarco. Three in midfield were Barella, Locatelli, Bonaventura. And the front three were Berardi, who I'm going to give my respect to. Uh, Raspadori and Moise Keane, who dropped the, uh, you know, on Fat Mob. Says he dropped an 8-5. I thought he was absolutely atrocious. That number's a little skewed because he got an assist at the end. Um, or he got the uh, assist on the first goal, which was really all Bonaventura. Um, I thought Bastoni and Mancini were good at the back. I thought I think Bonaventura is awesome. First goal for the Italian national team. Um, I think Berardi was awesome. Two goals, two beautiful goals. And again, the game is a lot different uh, if it's not Malta. But again, you take the three points and then... Uh, the England game happened. I genuinely think the lineup against Malta was better against the game against the better than the lineup against England, which is a concern. Uh, Don Ruma got the start. Uh, the back four was Udogi, you know, first first start. Uh, he did come off in the Malta game. He was very good. Uh, I guess they rewarded him. Um, Scalvini, Di Lorenzo, and a Serbi. I'm just not sure why a Serbi is starting uh, big games anymore. If you want to play the 35-year-old, play him against Malta. Why is he playing against England? He got dominated this game. Uh, the middle three was for Tessie, Cristante, and Barella. And the front three was Skamaka, Berardi, and El Shah. Uh, 
why are we starting Alshaw? I love the guy. You guys know I do, but he should not be starting for Italy against England in the year 2023. Um, I thought Scalvini was good. I believe he gave away a penalty. Um, but other than that, I thought he was really good. I thought the Lorenzo struggled. I thought Udogi uh, got out of class a little bit. Um, again, only 20, so he'll grow. Could be the future left back, but obviously DeMarco's there as well. Uh, Serbia shouldn't be starting. He got dominated all game. Midfield was unimpressive. Uh, Scamacca got his first goal for the Italian national team. Um, to give us a one nothing lead. El Shaw was uh, pretty bad. Uh, why is Bastoni not playing in the biggest game? I, I don't know. And Moiskin came on and was unimpressive yet again. Um, and yeah, uh, you know, I would like would have liked Bonaventura in this one. So right now, uh, England's in first. They clinched. Ukraine is in second. They currently qualify, but they do have seven games. Um, so they have that extra game. Italy has six games, and they're three points back. So obviously, if they win, um, that helps them out. Obviously, that's huge. If Italy don't qualify, I believe they're placed in a Euro playoff. And they obviously have to win that one or else they're not going to be in the Euros, which would be massively disappointing. Um, I'm liking what Spalletti's doing, but I just didn't get uh, the line of choices. Um, yeah, really unfortunate. Yeah. Um, obviously, no, the best player was hurt. I believe Kies is the most skilled Italian, but still, I mean, this is <laughs> some of the decisions were a little bit baffling to me. Yeah, you guys have to beat Macedonia. I mean, that's it's do or die against Macedonia. Um, if you beat Macedonia by a good amount of goals, then you can tie. Well, well, I think as long as you guys beat Macedonia, all you need is a tie or a win against Ukraine, which I think you guys get. A um, little disappointing to not – like, I watched the game against England. It was frustrating. Um, they're a better national team than Italy at the moment, but Italy did not put out their best squad. Which is fine. They needed the win against Malta, um, and now they're in a position where they are technically in the driver's seat. All they have to do is beat Macedonia, but, you know, you never, um, you know, Italy's lost to Macedonia in the past. You never really, or tied Macedonia in the past in big games. You don't really want to, oh, they did lose, yeah. They lost in the World Cup qualification to Macedonia, so you never know. We'll see what happens, but I, I think Italy has to really, like, put in a best effort in this next game. This group is terrible for Italy. That I hope they get moved around soon because they struggle big time. And uh, when they're not at the international tournaments, it's sad. And when they are at them, they normally come close to winning it. So we'll see what happens. Um, I think, you know, Spalletti will put in a good lineup for the next go around as he's still mastering this international coaching thing. But they have until November 17th to get their ducks in an order. Stop gambling, please. None of you gamble. That's Jake's job. Um, anyway, back to the kind of regularly scheduled Serie A content. Um, I'll go back to our games for next weekend. So next week, going around the league, we're going to have some fun matchups. So starting today, uh, let me just pull them up so I have them in chronological order. Um, the games this weekend start on Saturday. No Friday afternoon games if you're listening to this on Friday. Don't worry, you're not missing anything because the games are going to start on Saturday morning. Uh, first game of the weekend I've written down here is Napoli versus Hellas Verona at 9 a.m. My prediction for this game is 2-1 Napoli. I'll give them the win even though I don't feel great about it. Jake, what do you have in this one? Yeah, I got 2-0. Kovicic needs to break out this game because he is the lead guy right now uh, with no Osman. And it's Verona. Again, it's in Verona, but 
Got to win this game. Yep. Um, next up at noon, game in uh, Torino. Torino versus Inter. Inter on the road in this one. I'm going with the cool 2 nothing Lotaro goal and maybe a Thurman goal. I got 3-0. No. Uh, I wonder what the midfield is going to look like. Hopefully Fertesi uh, gets in there. You've got to give Fertesi games here. Like, if, if you go into – if Inter is serious about winning the league, they would give the guy they just bought for, like, $25 million some games. But uh, sometimes they aren't serious. Uh, next up, Sassuolo against Lazio. Uh, my heart says Sassuolo, so I'm going to go Sassuolo 3-1. to one. Yeah, uh, right now Provadel is um, doubtful. So they would have to rely on Luigi Seppe, who is on loan from uh, different, I, I believe, Parma. But, um, yeah, I got Sassuolo winning this at home. Berardi will, will break out. Domenico, please do not fail me now. I love you, brother. Um, next up, Sunday morning, Roma versus Monza. I have this at 5-0 at 6.30 in the morning. Um, we will not be there. I will be there. I have to pick my girlfriend up from work, so I will be listening on the radio. Uh, by a five nothing Roma, Jake, what do you have? I I hope I'm I wake up on a beautiful Sunday to a win and a Lukaku brace, and I believe it's going to be Bolotti, uh Lukaku, which is has been great. Uh, that ball got hurt again. I'm very surprised by this news, as we get into. But yeah, they should dominate. I'm going to go forward four nil. Hell yeah, brother. Um, and you know how this works. You wake up and Roma's already losing. So that, that's kind of how the world works. Uh, Bologna, Frosinone, I don't have thoughts on. Uh, Jake, call out a prediction if you have one. No, I can't wait for this one. Two well-managed teams. I'm going a 2-2 draw. 2-2 draw. I'll go with 2-1 Bologna. Um, Salerno, Natarnia, Cagliari. Again, no thoughts on my end on this one. Any Any prediction for this one? So the 19th team is facing off against the 20th team. This is huge um, for both sides, obviously. Um, I hope Cagliari win 1-0. Uh, Natana just sacked their manager, I believe. So obviously they'll have a new manager for this game. It is Inzaghi. Um, he just took over, Filippo Inzaghi. And obviously Cagliari has um, uh, Ranieri. So that, that's fun. But no, I'm not even that's gonna... fun. I'm not even gonna give a score. Um, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully someone gets three points, so it's it's good for the uh, to get out of the relegation battle. Yeah, if you've been is this, if this is your first year following Syria, you'll realize that um, unlike England, teams get very desperate um, when they're in the relegation zone, and you could see seasons where a coach will be fired five or six times by one club. Because they are trying to do anything to stay up. It's a big pride thing. Uh, no one wants to go down to Serie B. So Salernitani has done it before. They fired four or five coaches within the same season. But uh, Filippo Inzagni, who's a much better player than his coach, Simone Inzagni, the Inter coach, he was, you know, he's an Italian great. He had over 200 goals in Serie A and some huge goals for the national team. Hasn't quite put it together as coach yet. He's their coach now at Salernitani. We'll see how it goes. Um, I don't like Pirlo. Yeah, kind of like Pirlo. The better players don't make the best coaches always. Um, you know, it, they, it's funny they, how it they've works been, They've been um, – Sam Dora has been awful. Stinky. He's the team I mean, that was in the Serie A last year, and right now they are in um, – they're in second to last place. Um, God. Really yeah, bad. I mean, from watching that Juventus doc Amazon put that out a couple years ago – 
Pirlo is not really built for the whole coaching thing, um, even yeah, if it was tough. the COVID season. He he can do it, but it's really not his cup of tea. He's more of a thinking man instead of a you know instructor. He's uh the the famous quote is Ted Williams was the worst batting coach in MLB history because he would tell everyone to just go out there and hit the ball. That's how Pirlo is with passing. He he can't instruct because he was so good at it. Yeah, they concede a lot. And they don't score a lot. Not a good uh not a good formula. Yeah, and from watching him at NYCFC, sometimes he just did not play defense. Uh, but anyway, back to Atalanta and Genoa is the next game of the weekend. I have this as 3-1 to one, Atalanta. I uh, hope Retsuki plays, but he is doubtful. Uh, Coop Miners is out for this game. I still think Atalanta wins 3-0. Sounds good. Big game, game of the weekend, Sunday afternoon. Milan versus Juventus, the top of the table versus number three. I'm going with Milan 2-1. to one. Um, You know, if Chiesa doesn't play, no party. Um, I'm going to be rooting hard against Juventus. And, yeah, I feel good about Milan, even if they have their backup keeper in net. Uh, we'll see what happens. Danilo also got hurt for Brazil this week, um, so that's a bummer. Their back three is kind of broken up for a little bit. And, yeah, I, I think Pioli is a better coach at this point than Allegri, and I think that Milan will be able to get the win this weekend. So before, I, before I break down my scoreline, I hate to say it, this game is going to suck. I'm going to read off these injuries. First for Juventus, Danilo doesn't look like he's going to play. Chiesa is doubtful. Um, Pogba is suspended. And Fagioli suspended. So, you know, they don't look that bad. Uh, Vahovic, um, apparently they don't know if he's going to play, but he was doing a bunch of bicycle kicks at practice. So, you know, I think that's a good indication that he'll be ready to go. But we'll see. For Milan, though, Benacer is out. Sporty Yellow is out. Kodar is out. Krunic is out. Loftus-Cheek is out. And Mainan and Tio Hernandez is suspended. So they are counting on a 40-year-old goalkeeper to play, who hasn't played in a long time to play against Juventus. So I do think Juventus wins this game just because of that. Milan is missing, obviously, some important players. Um, obviously, Tamori and um, Ta is going to have to have a really, really good game um, because I, I just don't see this goalkeeper playing well, uh, even if Kisa and Volhovich don't play. Um, I all, all I ask for, this is all I'm asking for, all Italians play, not Italians. All Americans, all Americans start. I want Pulisic, Musa starting, which is possible because there is some injuries in the midfield there. And I want Way and McKinney to play. You know, put do what they did last game. Put McKinney in that right center mid role and put Way Way at right uh, right wing back. Uh, but yeah, I do think Juventus pulled this one out, and it sucks that all these guys are missing because obviously very high potential. Yeah, it's, I feel like it's going to be a low-event game. I think you're spot on there. I didn't even consider that we could get four Americans in one European game. Um, that'd be sick if they're all in the starting lineup so we don't have, like, a Leeds bringing Aronson and Pulisic bringing Kelsey off the bench type situation. <laughs> um, but, yeah, if it's, a, if it's a scenario where all four are starting, I'd absolutely love that. That'd be so sick. And maybe even some bad blood. Um, not not that I'm hoping for it, but, like, some competitive fire between, like, maybe Pulisic and McKennie. I could see that being really fun. But, you know, as a neutral in this one, I still think Milan wins. I think they're the better team. Juventus, I think Allegri is just going to try to sit on the ball and have this be 0-0. <laughs> and 0-0 is a win for Juventus here. Because um, they're not really challenging for the title as much as just trying to get back into Europe. Um, next up, Udinese Lecce. You know, I'm gonna go for Lecce here. One nothing for Lecce. I love these guys. 
Green Bay say is bad as well. Don't they don't have a win yet? But yeah, Green Bay say is not good. That's weird, right? I I would like they've been traditionally oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. fine teams. Uh, Dale they're Lafayette always, still hasn't always, played yet. Um, just in the past four years, they've gotten thirteenth, fourteenth, twelfth, and twelfth. I really hope they don't get relegated. I, I, I like them a lot. Uh, they obviously have Samardzik, uh, who's your guy, and they have um, Lenzo Luca, who used to be very highly touted. Uh, he's been there as well. But, uh, you know, Lecce's going to win this game. There's 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 really no way around it. Um, all quit. Their front three has been kind of disappointing since the awesome start, but, you know, hopefully they get back into it. Yeah, so Marzik's not even having like a terrible season. As someone who's been, no, no, he's been, very, he's, he's, been... he's been very good for what he is. It's just the team around him's terrible. So he probably regrets turning down that inter move in the summer. Um, you know, and... you know the meme where it's like the fancy car in the shitty garage. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah that's that. it. Nailed it. Yep, it. <laughs> yep that, that's exactly what Samardzik on, um, you know, on that team is. Um, and last game of the weekend, uh, it's actually Monday afternoon. So if you have a lazy Monday, Fiorentina versus Empoli. This game is gonna be like four to two for no reason. Fiorentina is gonna win it. Um, just chaos ball. Vincenzo gets another win. Um, and in my scenario, finishes the weekend in third, but probably finishes in fourth, but I'm going with 4-2. Uh, bet the over in this one. Just weird shit happens whenever Vincenzo plays against a bad team. 7-0. Seven 7-0. Nothing. Seven nothing. That'd be fun. <laughs> I, dude, Empoli's bad. I I don't know. Um, yeah, Empoli, of... actually, actually, yeah, you're right. I, I, two Empoli might be tennis. They scored bad. once all season. Empoli's really bad. <laughs> Holy cow. I've, I haven't seen this yet. So they've scored one goal this year, and they've conceded 16. Um, they have one win. Do you know who that wins against, Jake? Salernitornia. No, it wasn't, it wasn't Roma. But, yeah, that's it. Um, so we'll see how that turns out. Um, to our Roma roundup, Jake, do you want to kick us off here? I don't think really we have too, too much outside the last game. No, yeah, we're just going to break down the game. Um, I mean... We can talk about who got accused first. Nikola Zalewski got accused of uh, gambling. Uh, that was shot down a day later. And I think El Shah is currently being accused, but there's not very, there's not a lot of truth to that either. Zalewski's fallen out of form like we talked about, but he did score a very nice goal for the Poland U21s. Good for him. Lukaku had an awesome week. Uh, I don't think any other Roma players were really there. I mean, obviously Mancini, he was good. Cristante, but no, I'm not thinking of anyone else. Um, but yeah, they they uh, went to Cagliari. They won four one, which is nice. Like you said, Aquar scored in the nineteenth minute. Lukaku scored in the twentieth. Bilotti scored in the fifty first, and the, uh, Lukaku scored again in the fifty ninth. And you can do player ratings if you want. But three points, they're in tenth. Um, they've scored, I believe, the third most goals in Serie A last year. Last year they couldn't score. It was that meme, you know, the meme I'm talking about. Um, if scoring was a crime, we would be uh, we are all law-abiding citizens. <laughs> uh, and it was just so. If you're not on like Roma Twitter, it was just like a picture that had like Roma strike force: Tammy Abraham, Pellegrini, uh, Paulo Dybala, Belotti, and it just said underneath them: "If scoring was a crime, we would be law-abiding citizens." And then Lukaku's just come and changed the game. We could do player ratings. I was very happy watching this one. This is one of the few Roma games where I've been able to sit down, smiling ear to ear like the Chessicat, feeling pretty confident. 
Um, I was watching from the gym, too, as I normally do for Roman games when they come on Sunday. But we'll start from the front on this one. We normally start from the back. Not much to say on Rui. So let's start with Romelu Lukaku, star of the show, man of the hour. This guy has changed the club. He has He's scoring buckets of goals. Bring this guy in on a full-time transfer. I've never... I know Chelsea fans are saying this is the cycle. I know Inter fans are saying this is the cycle. I know we did a whole episode of this podcast, probably our best episode early on, if you want to listen back, talking about the downfalls of Romelu Lukaku. But now that he's on my team, this guy is so special to me. He's so fun. I love watching this guy. It's like he's everything I've ever wanted a striker at Roma. He's much better than even Tammy his first year. He's much better than Jacko. The way this guy's both able to build up the game at his and be able to put his back to the defender and find a passing lane or when he runs into the box and takes on a shot or even shoots from outside the box this guy is excellent at every facet of the game the ideal striker and even though he's 30 years old i think rama should try to get him you know locked in and extended for long term yeah i'm gonna give him a nine pretty incredible i mean just his finishing ability has been unreal i know there's been a lot of controversy but oh he won't come back if jose's gone inter wants him like and they're one of them gone a few months ago. Why? Why? Chelsea wants him gone. Why would he go back? Because like, I, I Lukaku is irrational. That that's the thing they have to keep in mind here. Like nothing about this guy makes sense. But I hope that he's he yeah, says I mean, he loves it here, so maybe he does. But I, I I'm giving him a ten for the performance. I forgot to crawl out the grade. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a 10, 10 is fair, but. Yeah, player of the match um, by far. Next up, uh, little little Mr. Um, part-time worker, Paolo Dybala. Um, you know, he's a seasonal worker. He he only put in 40 minutes. I know we got really on Sanchez's case a couple weeks ago. I have hit – I love Paolo Dybala. I think he's the most talented player in the league. I'm starting to hit my breaking point where if he's not going to finish the game, just bring him off the bench. Um you know, it, it was a non-contact injury here. Um, it really was kind of a bummer to see him get hurt. But uh, I'm losing patience with Paolo. He's going to come back and drop like an 8 out of 10 against a really tough team before the season ends. And I'll be all the way back on board. But <laughs> if he's not feeling 100% the day of the game, you have to bring him off the bench. You cannot start him. Yeah, he's been unreal this year when healthy, but now he's out for a month. I think we'll be okay. I think now that Bilotti is good, I'm not really worried about it. Just take your time, get healthy. Uh, but didn't really do anything in 40 minutes. Um, he had one almost opportunity, and that didn't really do much, so I'll give him a five. Yep, sounds good. So that's the strike force. Um, yeah, we could just throw on Belotti here. Belotti, I gave a 7 out of 10. Thought he was very good. Got a goal. Um, him and Lukaku's chemistry is incredible. Um, I love this. I, I'm, 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 for Dybala being out, I'm very confident about the next month. You told me in July that Lukaku and Bilotti would be starting, I'd be like, uh, mm, that sucks. <laughs> now it's like, wow, these guys are, these guys rock. I'm very happy about it. I will give Bilotti an eight. Um, what a goal. And he's been so good this whole year. And now we actually, we have to count on him. You know, last episode was like, I feel really bad. He's not getting an opportunity. Now he's going to get an opportunity for the whole month. So. Yeah. I love the chicken man. Um, big fan, big fan of this guy is my perception on him in the past two months is done a 180. I don't think this is for him. I think is this is his true class, which it's easy to say that when a guy's doing good, but like, I think this is level, um, to go, uh, I guess we could throw Pagano in here cause he's tech. I, I, no, I no, no, he, 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 didn't, he didn't do much. 
No, so I guess like just buy out them, whatever. Um, to go to the stars in midfield, um, you know, left to right, Spinaziolo. I thought it was good. Seven out of ten, got an assist. Pretty good player. Like he's having a, you know, he's definitely lost his step, but this was a really good game from him. And he wasn't really playing for Italy too much, so hopefully he got some rest over the international break. He didn't play the Monza game, right? No, he didn't even get picked, I don't think. He didn't get so picked, he... so hopefully his legs are rested and he's good to go for the rest of the season. That rocks. For all I care, I'm very happy about that. Yeah, there was a report saying he's working really hard to, you know, get into form so he can get a contract because he does love it here. Um, I think those Saudi rumors have been put to bed, but I'm giving him an eight. I thought he was incredible this game. Um, played the whole game, which is great because, uh, you know, he's usually been getting subbed off. Got an assist. You know, more can you ask for? Very happy with that. Um, next up, Alquar. Alquar played 70 minutes of this one, giving him a 7.5 out of 10. Um, you know, it's it's cool. It's like we replaced Pellegrini with French Pellegrini. Um, and, <laughs> you know, it's it's not like – and that's not a bad thing. He scored a goal, and it just – he doesn't have the same bad vibes we associate with Pellegrini from, you know, having to watch him miss the net all these years and stuff like that, um, even though I do love Pellegrini. But, like, you know, it feels like a fresh start, and when this team's fully healthy, it's going to be really special having him and Pellegrini in the midfield. But they just – their health hasn't really overlapped, and Aquar has been, you know, perfect fit in this midfield. The wonderful – one I would – Paredes wasn't a free agency signing, so he was, I think, Aquar's the best free agency signing on the team this year. Uh, fun fact, he has more goals than he did last year. He already has two goals. His season high last year was one, so really nice finish. Um, obviously, he was struggling for him before this. Good to see a good game from Malgun Masada. He scored for Algeria last week, too. So Yeah, I need to correct myself there. He's no longer French. He's he is not French. <laughs> he was French. He was French, to be fair. He has played a game with France. Yes. He just changed over to Algerian. Um, well, I mean, that's that's his birth nation. But, yeah, no, much better. He looks a lot like the guy who was, like, a team of the year player in um, Ligue 1 two years ago than the guy who was, like, a kind of a bum last year. So, you know, I talked to one of my friends who's a Lyon fan. Um, how do I know a Lyon fan? That's That's for me to know and not you but um, i talked to my friend and he said yeah he lost a step last year but was more in favor of the coach thing like he'll probably be good for roma and he's been very good for roma so we ride with that um next up surprise of the season i'm giving this man nine out of ten leandro paredes can't sing this guy's praises enough um i my whole life i thought this man was a bum and he's been absolutely fantastic for roma um you know the defensive midfielder of my dreams two assists very good player, very reliable, very consistent. And um, if you had told me, as Gaita said with Bologna, if you told me this would be this guy's renaissance, I would not have believed you because Paredes has been a rock star in our midfield. Yeah. Um, for that, if you guys want to watch Aquari's goal, it's beautiful. I just, I just saw it. Uh, what a goal. Um, yeah. Um, when we signed him, I was like, this could like this this could be good this could be bad I, i'm not expecting much six million um you know i don't think he's been good for a while they gave him the number 16 i was appalled i'm like why are they giving him the number 16 he doesn't deserve it no 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 he he deserves it he has been absolutely remarkable this year it is so fun to see um this has been one of my favorites this year yeah i love watching him each week um, great assist, and he's just an unreal player. Um, six million, only six million. It, it's been great. Only twenty nine. I hope he stays for a while. He was meant to be here. And I'm just really happy. 
Yeah, no, I absolutely love it. Um, you know, I'm I'm a big fan of his game. I can't believe like I he just never played his last two clubs. I thought it was like, you know, the guy who gets just on the bench at FIFA at all times. But <laughs> love him, love him, his contributions this year and hope they continue. Uh next up, Eduardo Bove. Very strong performance on Bove, played the full 90. Um, he's already hit, I believe, 50 games with the club. Was this his 50th? Um, let me just pull that up quick. 55. 55 now with the club. So, you know, I remember looking at that during the game um, and being like, wow, Bove, it's been a long time. Uh, but, yeah, no, awesome young player. He's 21 years old, and if he's going to get the full 90 in the league, I'm very happy. Needs to bring that jersey number down from 51. Um, it's going to be in the 20. Like, maybe I'm just Lula Morello pilled from hockey, but I no, think you need to give this guy, like, a number under 20 because he's, he's a part of the long-term future here at Roma. I hate and you know this, I absolutely hate using the term dog in him for sports, but it, it just makes so much sense for this guy. He's just pure energy all the time. Um, he's won, he won so many 50-50s in that game. Um, and the goal, the first goal doesn't happen without Bove. He was great um, for Italy, U21s as well. I love this guy. Should be starting week in, week out. Our midfield is, like, so, so good. That there's so many spots available. And I can't believe I had to watch G1 Alden last year. That, that was tough. But this midfield this year has been a wonder to watch. Yep, absolutely love it. Um, next up, uh, Karsdorp. Karsdorp was awesome. He had a really good hit as well in this game that didn't go in. But he had an assist. Uh, big fan of this guy's game. We'll see where it goes from here. But uh, big fan of Karsdorp replacing Christensen. And he can stay <laughs> in the team for a very long time if it was up to me. Yeah, I'm happy him and Jose kind of settled out what they had because this guy's our best right back. Another assist in this game. Um, he's been great. He's great in this game. Um, hopefully he starts more often because Rasmus Christensen getting any minutes is uh, is bad enough. And I believe he got uh, 20 too many. Uh, yeah, way, way, way too many. Um, I'm completely fine with you know, getting rid of Christensen. He came off the bench. We don't really have to focus on the bench too, too much. But Pagano came on. I don't know if it was midfield or striker. I can't recall. Um, but put in a nothing. Christensen came on, um, you know, 5 out of 10. No one was bad in this game. So with, same with Selleck, who I didn't really notice too, too much out there. But it's fine. Um, back to the uh, MCN mid or defensive line, I guess, at this point with Mancini, Crisante, and Indica. Uh, I'm just gonna fell swoop this one. I'm gonna go with seven and a halfs across the board. Thought they were all very good, they didn't really have too much to do back there. Yeah, I'll go six and a half across the board. Indica had a calm game. Um, you know, he's been on and off, but you know, still very young. Did he play this international break? Let me see. No, he did not. Whatever. Um, Crisante. And Mancini were good as always. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, apparently it got tight at the end. I don't really remember it, like, them getting much pressure. Um, I see, yeah, it, it was completely... There, 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 there was one chance, and Indica made a good clear. When we went up 4 nothing, we just kind of let them have the ball the rest of the game and just worked on defense. Uh, we won the XG, though, so that's good. But, um <laughs> Yeah, not not too much. I'm just looking over the match packs because I'm trying to remember like if they had really faced any adversity all game. Like, 
you know, Cagliari shot the ball, but it wasn't like on target too, too much. So it was like fine, I guess, or whatever. Yeah, two shots on target for Cagliari. Um, and that means, you know, two shots on target. Normally, Rui Patricio gives up a goal. He did not. I'm giving him a 6.5 out of 10. My lowest performer, but. Um, Usually he gives up really two. Funny. If there's two shots on target, usually he gives up two. Yeah, normally <laughs> he's prone to give up two. Normally he'll save one of them if he's lucky. Um, it might just barely be on target. Uh, but yeah, no. What do, what do you give Rui, Jake? I'll give him a six. Would have liked to see his VR this game, but you know, they they won. Uh, that's that's very all I can ask for. And um, he did give up a goal, but you know, not the other one. Yeah, I'm very happy about that. And maybe we'll see Svilar get some lead time after the break. Did he play for Serbia this break? No. All right, whatever. Probably, probably not. <laughs> probably not. No. So that'll be the end of our podcast. Thanks for sticking around with us till the end here. Um, I'm excited. We're going to keep going weekly for the next couple of weeks. Probably hope to have you guys an episode later next week. But, um, yeah, really good slate of games this weekend, if you guys can watch them. Really cool storylines going around the league, besides the depressing ones. Uh, but, you know, uh, we're, we're seeing crazy stuff in sports these days. And, uh, you know, if anything, you know, if anything can get you out of bed at 6.30 in the morning, it's Jose Mourinho and Romelu Lukaku Roma team, because I'm fired up to watch them this weekend. But um, see you guys soon. Ciao. Uh, you can follow Jake on Twitter at PrimeJake. You can follow myself on Twitter at Ramon. You can follow the pod on Twitter at Keltio's back. Very excited to have you guys jake any final words before signing off here no i mean thank you guys so much it's been uh fun talking about this i'm very glad we started to do this um because it makes watching the sport and talking about it a lot more fun so thank you guys for uh listening and uh being so supportive yep love you guys thank you bye